Hello and welcome to Studio RC, an encouragement for both your recovery and your faith. My name is Pastor Max and I am an alcoholic. So this, this episode, we are going to start on a seven episode uh, journey. And we're going to take a look um, at some just some statements that are made by Jesus. Now, some, some may ask, who is Jesus? Maybe you have people at your recovery church campuses that are asking that. Maybe you yourself are asking, who is Jesus? Ever since his time on earth, people have questioned Jesus's identity and what it means and, and who he is. We find in the Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels that introduce and show us who Jesus is and all of uh, many insights to his miracles and his thought processes, Jesus answers this question with seven powerful statements. In his own words, Jesus tells us what we need to know about who he is. So for the next seven episodes of Studio RC. We're going to have uh, seven of these. This, this intro will be the same each time, and then we'll go into a different statement. But we're going to take a look at the seven I am statements of Jesus. Um, each episode will discover a different character trait of Jesus that reveals just who he is and the hope we can have in him. And, and my hope is that by the end of these episodes that you'll be able to see truly that Jesus is God and that's who he's claiming to be. Um, and he always has been and will always be everything we need and um, how he both encourages our recovery through the scripture. And um, I find that th these statements are so powerful. I got some uh, some of the teachings will be uh, from American Bible Society and some other websites informed how I, I took a look at these seven I am statements. What's unique is these statements are unique to the Gospel of John. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth of the Gospel. And these seven statements, Jesus begins by saying, I am. And then he, he fills in the blank of, of who he is. And it, it gives a different aspect of his, his character. And the phrase is, the phrase, I am, it refers all the way back to the Hebrew scriptures in the very beginning into Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God introduces himself to Moses with the expression, I am who I am. And this statement became a way to connect with God personally and was used throughout Israel's history to convey that God always was and always will be. Jesus is explicitly identifying himself as God. Sometimes people say, well, did he really say that? These are part of those, those statements that clearly identify. He's, he doesn't want to leave any doubt of who he is. And each of the seven I am statements follow this, this basic pattern. They're written basically as metaphors and with um, each of the key element to the metaphor being that Jesus expresses I am, and, I, and I'll share them in just a moment what those seven statements are. Jesus always provides an explanation with it. So there, again, there is no misunderstanding to its meaning. 
and that it's clear to his listeners who Jesus is saying that he is. These metaphors often complement one of Jesus's miracles. They come alongside of it. And the statement and a miracle, they both contribute to the understanding of, of one another. And each of the miracle is interpreted by the metaphor or the metaphorical I am statement that Jesus makes. Each statement is intended to give the miracle meaning and context for the ministry that Jesus is performing. And they show us that Jesus's miracles were not just, just random acts of power or mercy, but that they were actions that demonstrated the meaning of his ministry and his teachings and were very intentional, as Jesus often was. Let me share with you the seven statements, and then each episode we will take a look at a different element or a different I am statement. So the first one is bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. The second statement is, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate of the sheep. He says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The fourth statement is, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The fifth I am statement, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The sixth I am statement is, I am the way and the truth and the life. He goes on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then the final I am statement is, I am the true vine and my father is the gardeners. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This sets us up for hopefully what is going to be uh, a very fascinating, encouraging um, uh, series on the I am statements. So without any further ado, let's go to this week's episode of and this particular I am statement that we're going to examine. May you enjoy it. God bless. And here we go. In this episode, we will tackle the fifth of Jesus's I am statements from the Gospel of John. Tonight we are talking about I am the resurrection and the life. It says in John 11, 25 through 26, the verses, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Again, another I am statement full of power um, and just, you know, he puts it out there. So, Let's jump into this important I am statement. 
and we will put 10 minutes on the clock. Ding! And away we go. So Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and that, again, big claims by Jesus. Let me set the picture of what's going on when he says this, because it's, it's a significant moment. Lazarus is dead. One of, his, one of Jesus' best friends is dead. And Martha, his sister, is overwhelmed with grief. His body has been in the tomb four days when Jesus finally arrives. He tells Martha, your brother will rise to life. Now, Martha's a little frustrated. Jesus thought that Jesus maybe should come sooner, could have done something. Um, and then Jesus says, well, your brother will rise to life. And Martha had full confidence in the coming resurrection. Like she, she believed um, in that and probably maybe even wondered, why would Jesus mention that like right now? This seems like an odd time. Um, and perhaps Jesus was trying to cheer her up, maybe she thought, or by reminding her that one day you would see, that she would see her brother again. But just like Jesus, Jesus flips the script. He wasn't talking about the future. He was talking about the present. He wanted Martha to see the resurrection in life is not something that will happen, but something that is available now. Not like it's not just future. It's like right now. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. And those who live and believe in me will never die. And then he, do you believe this? But Lazarus, my brother, is dead. So what does Jesus mean by those who live and believe in me will never die? Jesus helps Martha realize resurrection isn't an event. It's a person. Let me state that again. Resurrection isn't an event. It's a person. And not only is there hope of a last day resurrection, which Martha describes uh, in verse 24. There is also a present hope because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus does the unthinkable. He resurrects Lazarus' physical body, demonstrating his power over death. This is victory um, that all who believe in Jesus can celebrate. Now, I think as, as we think of Lazarus in the tomb and or Lazarus being dead and, and what that, that looked like, I think a good parallel for us in recovery is our bottoms. When we get to that point in our addiction, in our alcoholism, where we just can't go any lower. Um, death may even seem imminent. Um, we... We struggle with how to go on. And in a way, there is a death when we come to the bottom, the death of our addiction, a death to our alcoholism, as we begin to have that resurrected life, that spiritual awakening. Well, why is something awakened? Because something was dead. Something was asleep. Something needed to be um, you know, reformulated. And so I think that as we're thinking about this now, now this, what we're talking about with Lazarus was like a physical brought back from death. death. So that's a 
pretty big miracle. And to parallel our bottoms might seem a little off, but for us in, who are in recovery, we remember how hopeless we felt, especially toward the end and, and at the end. Now, as Jesus says this statement, I, I am the resurrection and the life, this statement occurs in that close proximity, uh, proximity to a miracle that he, he performs, and, and which is, is the case for most of the I am statements. The resurrection of Lazarus is the only one of its kind and is, the only, and is only recorded in the book of John. We, have, we don't see Jesus do this anywhere else. As with other physical miracles and I am sayings, the spectacular moment points beyond the event itself. Um, the, we, we know that Jesus will go through his own death and resurrection. And this is a little bit maybe of a foreshadowing, um, but we, this, this is not the last time that we're going to talk or experience or see something about death and resurrection. Now, the Christian idea of resurrection is, is, is and was very different from the, the Greek or the Jewish ideas of resurrection. Like the Greeks, for instance, in the ancient times, they thought of the body as, as a hindrance um, and you know, a hindrance to true life and true enlightenment. And they looked forward to a time when the soul would be free from its shackles of it, the body. So they firmly rejected the idea of resurrection or the resurrection of the body. And that can actually be seen in Acts 17, 24 as a reference. But the Jewish people, they had a different belief. They believed in resurrection, but that the body would be raised from the dead at the end of time, but without transformation. Um, and Martha even actually says something like this to Jesus in the 11th chapter, uh, during uh, 11th chapter, verses 24 in John. And so there's this thought that, you know, we would resurrect um, as we were when we died. And at its simplest, resurrection is a return to life. And I love that conceptually. Resurrection means return to life. Life as it should be and, and was originally intended. Resurrection from the dead and, and genuine internal, eternal life in relationship with God. They're so closely tied to Jesus that they are embodied in him and can only be found as we believe in him. When we believe in him, we get to experience the resurrection as well of our own souls, of over sin, over, over death. Jesus does not merely say that he will bring about the resurrection or that he will be the cause of the resurrection, both of which are true. But something he says something much stronger. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus says that he has the power lodged in his own hands and that even the dead will respond to his voice. Jesus only has to say, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. This was not some future event. It was a present reality. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I have this power. And I'm going to show you that I have this power. 
When Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life, he's saying that explosive resurrection power is found in him. That he has mastery over death itself. We can experience a bodily resurrection in all those who believe in Jesus. And when Christ returns, we will receive and we are promised new, glorious, imperishable, resurrected bodies. My, uh, my mother-in-law, who is in her 70s, says she can't wait to wear a bikini again because <laughs> she can't wait for that new body. I don't know if that's exactly what Jesus is talking about, but our bodies are going to be different when we are resurrected. I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're not going to look like we look today. I don't know if we're going to be the best version of I don't know what that looks like. And you know what? I'm not worried. I can't wait to find out, but I'm not, I'm not worried. It says that we're going to receive new glorious, imperishable, resurrected bodies. Cool. I'm in. Let me see what that's all about. And I'm excited to, to see. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us victory. He is our hope of a resurrection. And so when we place our faith in him, we can have that confidence. And when he says he is the resurrection and the life, what's really interesting is Jesus is always writing better stories than we could ever pen. So you have Martha and Mary and they would soon find this out to be true in, in, some of the, in one of the most dynamic ways. He's, they're upset that Jesus maybe could have done something sooner, and now he's dead, and now Jesus can't do anything. And Jesus said, like, Jesus is writing a better story than Martha and Mary could ever have comprehend. And we're not built for delays, you and me. We're, we are, as followers of Jesus, um, even in that, with today's culture, today's society, we want things quickly. Especially, we are not built for de de delays, especially when it is God who's doing the delaying. And in this case, Jesus delayed purposely and then came and performed this miracle. Is there a great miracle that God is working, a better story God is writing as you wait right now. And maybe, maybe it's that as you are in your recovery, maybe that's the better story that God is writing. You had written a story that involved your addiction and alcoholism, and it looked like you were headed for death, that we were headed for death, or, or at, at least a, a subpar miserable life. And maybe God has written a different story for us. I know that my, my uh, recovery that involves the resurrection of my soul and of my spirits and of so many things, that God was writing a, a different story. God had a better story than I could ever write for myself. God is writing a story for you and your story that could be better than you can even imagine. So if God is delaying, no that God is up to something and that God, when he does move, there might be some delay, but once God moves, God moves suddenly. And uh, 
If you want to do a neat word search and kind of word study, look up the word suddenly, whether in the Bible or in the big book. God moves suddenly. There might be some delay, but once God shows up, it's suddenly. So I encourage you with that. And be just encouraged that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. One of the greatest promises uh, for people of faith anywhere. Hopefully this encouraged you today. We got a couple more I am statements coming to, to you in future episodes, but we encourage you like the video, share the video, subscribe to the video, share the video um, and this podcast with people you know or think that would be encouraged by this. Um, we just want to get the word out and let people know uh, that they can be encouraged by Jesus, both in their recovery and in their faith. So, so thanks so much for coming, coming to Studio RC. And we just encourage you, remember, Recovery Church, 12 steps, one goal. God bless, and we'll see you next time.